Broadcasting live from a woodland cabin, this is The Monstrous Feminine, the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name's Taya, and I'm joined by my lab rats, Mila, Louisa, and Zeba. And in this episode, we are continuing our horror comedy theme and talking about the 2011 film Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Goddard. Before we get into the film, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple Podcast app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast. Cabin in the Woods features five American college students, Dana, Jules, Kurt, Holden, and Marty. The friends set off to spend a weekend at Kurt's cousin's cabin in the woods, but this retreat soon turns into a nightmare after Dana reads from an old diary they find in the basement, instigating a zombie attack. The film flashes between the horrors at the cabin and a laboratory setting where it is revealed that the technicians, chemists, and engineers are voting and rigging the cabin events as part of an ancient ritual to please malevolent gods known as the Ancient Ones. Evidently, this ritual relies on the sacrifice of five slasher film archetypes. The whore, Jules, the athlete, Kurt, the scholar, Holden, the fool, Marty, and the virgin, Dana. You're doing a great job out there. By the numbers, man, you gotta start it off just right. So we'll talk to you later, okay? Their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come. Their ears are stopped. They're the gods' fools. Well, that's how it works cleanse them cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin bathe them in the crimson of am i on speakerphone no absolutely not there's a whole website which lists every creature that appears in this film cabin in the woods wiki <laughs> yeah so of the scare options or i guess death options because they do kill you or sacrifice options uh seen in the film or mentioned by the laboratory which one do you think you would be the most scared by should i read them aloud i guess those ones are just the ones that are on the whiteboard specifically so oh i see i see so there are way 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 they're honestly like hundreds that you can see um i don't know what this angry molesting tree is that's what i was <laughs> thinking was my number that's one an allusion to the evil dead um zombies are pretty bad i think the ones that they got were not excellent also mermaids would be scary i don't know if that's an option yeah merman i wouldn't be scared of a merman i would be like oh this is like the shape of water but not romantic but it's like drowning i feel like drowning sucks but it's quicker than whatever the angry molesting tree is going to do also not in on the whiteboard but in general they had the kkk in this they had the kkk as like an option for the box that makes sense that people think that they come from hell but they are in fact just regular people the snakes the giant snakes were definitely fucked up when they came out of the elevator that was scary it'll just eat you whole what if i don't die what if i get digested and i'm still alive you would die to be digested means probably to die (laughs) if they just swallow you and you don't die then you can always cut your way out their stomach they're all so scary um and also fun so i pick all all of the above. Who would we be in this movie? Oh, that's Which an interesting archetype. One. Oh, yeah. fuck off. Because everyone's going to say I'm the fucking whore and I don't want to talk about that. Which one do you want to Yeah, be? who would you rather be when you're not whoring about? <laughs> you can be the athlete. I would be the jock because I recently went bowling and I won. So I think <laughs> I'm the jock. Yeah, okay. Bet. I think I would want to be the virgin because I feel like they last the longest. Maybe that's wrong, but yeah, I final girl. I would put Zeba as Marty. Oh, I wonder why you did that. <laughs> I would put Zeba as Marty. 
And then myself as Dana. Because I could easily see that dynamic happening. I would be blasted the whole time and no one would believe me that I see the puppet masters all around us. Yeah, True. I believe that that situation could happen. I guess, Mila, would you be holding them, the scholar? I don't even remember who that is. <laughs> uh, Jesse Williams? The hot guy. I think you probably would. The Monstrous Feminine is on Instagram, so please leave us a comment. If you do engage with our content, you might just get a shout out and our next episode is our Witch of the Week. This episode, our Witch of the Week, is Jokfinagalina from Instagram, who commented on our found footage horror episode post and said, can't wait, exclamation point, exclamation point. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on our episodes. You guys should always leave us little DMs or reviews or comments and tell us what you think of them after you watch. Yeah, we always take a screenshot and send it in our group chat and put good energy out there in the universe. I made a heart sign, but you can't see it. We're all making heart signs. Friendly reminder that we're also on Patreon. For one pound a month, you gain access to our Discord. For three pounds a month, you get to hear our cut discussion from our main episodes. And for five pounds, you get all that, plus a bonus episode. Please support us. Any contribution helps. Oh no, I forgot Joss Whedon was in this. I forgot he was contributing. I don't know what he did. I know it was bad. He was abusing people on movie sets. Ray Fisher and then Charisma Carpenter, I think. Well, he had like abusive work environments. He also portrayed himself as this feminist hero. Feminist, yeah, girl bossy. Girl boss hero. We do not in any way endorse any of his alleged crimes or abuse on set. And we fully are supporting all the victims who've made statements against him. Whatever we think about the movie is very separate than how we feel about the person. This is a separate art from the artist. But it will also be informing how we understand the movie. The fun fact. Oh my god. The fun fact. (laughs) Fun fact. Tell us. uh, Is that Whedon and Goddard um, wrote this script in three days, according to Wired. This feels like when Tyler Perry was like, y'all will never believe that I made this movie in two weeks. And I was like, well, (laughs) I can tell this was written in three days. I can't. I think it's pretty tight for three days. I'm sure it had edits past the three days. It's not a bad movie by any means, but like as I was watching this, I was like, this feels like something I would say like in a chat conversation and be like, what if horror movies had people like controlling who died? But those are the best horror movies. Yeah. And they had to do it to like sacrifice it to some ancient beings. And if it didn't, the world ended. Like that feels like something I would say in like a group chat. I thought it was an excellent concept, but a kind of cheap execution execution thank you yeah i thought this was an excellent concept but cheap execution um in that like i don't know i feel like it could have been better like if this was like less comedy i feel like it would be better i don't know i think this movie is good because it's comedy yeah i think the comedy saves it i think that comedy cheapens it and i don't think it was that funny I understand the lab technicians add a layer of comedy, but I feel like that could all be in it. I just wanted to lean more heavily into the drama and the scariness of, like, being controlled, but it led more into, like, the kind of camp of it and, like, ooh, look at all these monsters element. And, like, the final ancient ones look a bit cheapy effect to me. The characters, like, the archetypes were too campy for me. But I think that's the point of the film. It's, like, it's pointing out how, like, artificial these archetypes are, and I think that's 
part of like the charm of the film. Okay, well then I just wish it was funnier. I just wish it was funnier. Louisa, you're wrong. <laughs> not enough haha. Not enough horror haha. It's not not funny, but like I did not laugh out loud any of the times I've watched it. That being said, I think it's a very entertaining movie. Like, like maybe I'm snorting out of my nose laughing, like you know. But I'm like the joke is how shallow everything is that I'm not going to like belly laugh at it. But I feel like, like I agree with you that in concept it is super interesting and that I can see how it would have like a serious lilt to it, how it would still be just as interesting if it wasn't a comedy. But I don't know, I guess because it was written in three days, it would not have the same result if they tried to do a serious three day version of this. Like the, if this movie was like serious and drama-y, I feel like the way, re- reason why it couldn't be is because like the people in the lab, whatever happened in the setting, controlled settings that they were doing also like affected their lives, even though they felt disconnected from it until like the chaos was like unleashed. Um, it wasn't the same as like when we did like the unfriended dark web and they were like making all of those events happen, but like it had no effect on what what happened to the rich people who were doing it. It was like these people in the lab were also like participants in a, one of the control situations went wrong. They could die or the world could end. Like the, the stakes were very on par with them. So it didn't feel the same way. So it wouldn't have made sense to have them be like evil masterminds in a sense of like, oh, we're winning something because the only thing that they were winning was just living another day. (laughs) Like that wasn't, the stakes weren't high enough for them to gain something that it would make sense for them to be like chaotic evil genius. Like that's why it just made it funnier that they were like regular, regular dudes who were trying to make it like comedic that they had to do something horrifying as a job every day. I like that it felt like a workplace comedy. Like like the joke, like the, 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 the fact that they even had like, parties or and they the- want like overtime pay i think that's really funny or they had an intern i'm like how did you apply for that internship was it on linkedin i think this is like don't get me wrong like i said i like the i like the style i like the fact that it's really meta um roger ebert basically says that like it's a very loving hate letter to horror movies and you can interpret it as an experiment on the genre itself because it features the five standard issue characters and your basic cabin in the woods and we could read the lab scientists and directors who are plugging in various story devices to see what characters will do as like a version of Whedon and Goddard themselves. So it's like mocking horror creators. But I also like that it's like satirizing horror consumers. Like when everyone's casually betting and being like, show me your boobs. Like, cause so much of horror has been from the male gaze and people as viewers are like expecting that. I get what you mean about the love hate thing. Cause like when I first watched it, my first thought was straight to kind of like you said at the beginning with it being like, big studios, Hollywood executives, basically just like wanting filmmakers to peddle more like guts, nonsense. More guts, more gore, bigger boobs. Shitty, cheap content. That's... I, I agree with I was going to say, I am they. <laughs> no, but then after, when I watched it again for this, I was then like, nah, it's us. Like, it's definitely the viewers that they're <laughs> satirizing. We are like the voyeurs in this. It's like two layers of voyeurism in the film. I think there's a really interesting, like, you could go even further with that and be like, what function does horror serve in society? Is it like a place for us to have ruthless, ridiculous sex, also violence? And is that like an expression of our repressed id so that we can like function normally? So in a way, we are the ancient ones because we are placated by the violence in like, it's like our spectacle. 
Like, if I was an all-powerful, if I was an all-powerful being living off of bloodlust, like, why would watching these five weirdos get their asses kicked every couple of months, like, why would that (laughs) satiate me enough to not kill them? Like, that was always, like, the the ancient ones will, like, without logic, it's fucking play about us. To me, though, I feel like horror has, like, definitely evolved a lot as a genre, even more so like in the sense that like there's more people advocating for it to be respected and represented in like award shows and uh critical acclaim but if you really think about um I mean I'm like someone who obviously talks about like how much I love indie film all the time (laughs) so at this point it's my job (laughs) but I think so many people ignore that a, a significant chunk of indie film is horror and that's part of like what is keeping cinema diverse is all the creativity that comes into horror films like the creator of lamb like that's not a traditional horror that is using like these five tropes um hereditary babadook and we've done so many of these like inventive types even though like we didn't necessarily enjoy it but like the other lamb as well people have done some really creative concepts and allegories and uh, like satire with horror and also horror just doesn't get the mainstream financing that a lot of other films get so in a way like this movie it lands in some ways but to me it's more critical of like the large horror films that like people actually see because I feel like um the genre itself is not really as like concrete defined like when we were doing um the screen queen episode we literally were like struggling to find a modern screen queen movie because we were like oh like people don't actually do these tropes as much anymore as they did in like the 80s slasher films where everything was following a formula because i feel like horror is like the most innovative genre out there right now and it is the most easy for independent filmmakers to make besides maybe like documentary style because of the like the low cost and the way you can get around having to make monsters and movies and the uh way you can get away with like a bad camera just being like oh it's how it's supposed to look like there's so many things that you can do with the genre that I feel like horror is honestly keeping cinema innovative maybe this is me being pretentious because I have a horror movie podcast but like without horror (laughs) without horror films like I mean we talk about that we talked about like the get outification of horror but like which is something that I don't like but look at the cultural impact of get out like all these movies that are making a ton of money at cinemas I know I knock Marvel all the time or whatever but they do make their money but are they making the cultural impact that Get Out made where everyone wants to make a movie that has like that same level of satire and perfection of comedy and horror and everything put together but I think the reason that horror is able to do that is because it comes from such a formulaic place Horror has gone through like such a transformation where it's like it got so formulaic that then they had to make movies commenting on the formula. And then because it had such a strict formula, breaking it is even is that much more exciting and scary and surprising when they are able to do it. I think that's why it's able to be so innovative is because like people have such rigid expectations of the genre that like breaking it is actually quite easy because people go into it expecting archetypes and certain plots and certain jump scares and certain ways of directing and certain ways that the characters are interacting. I don't know. I mean, Zombievers was pretty formulaic and that is bog standard horror, but I thought it was very innovative. What are you saying? <laughs> Zombievers. 
Is this a, is this a lesbian recommend. thing that I don't know about? No, it's not a lesbian thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go back to that point on voyeurism. Alex Brannon on sinfilereviews.com pointed out something interesting. He nodded to Carol Clover um, in the Eye of Horror essay. And she says a commentary... Um, that horror is like not only a commentary on the symbiotic interplay of sadistic and masochistic impulses in the individual viewer, but equally as a commentary within the context of horror filmmaking on the symbiotic interplay of the sadistic work of the filmmaker and the masochistic stake of the spectator. It's an arrangement on which horror cinema insists. So I feel like this film is literally an embodiment of basically that essay and it's very interesting what they how they play with voyeurism i'm so tempted to give this movie more credit than it deserves for like (laughs) commentary on the male gaze but i'm deeply resisting you're right like we said with love witch i'm not saying they they operate in the same way they still play into the male gaze and even though they're satirizing it there's no like get out of jail free card but i think this movie is a great example that like poor films with a few exception, are often like compromising with like to be looked atness from like the characters within the movie, especially the female characters are objectified by the characters in the movie, but also the audience in a way that like it is very hard to make a horror film. It's very hard to make a film. <laughs> like I saw a like a Twitter thread that was like talking about. Um, like, is all cinema actually just from the male gaze? And to be honest, like, I I would argue it is it is very much possible. But there's a difference between that and when they pan up her bare legs. That's just the, like, language of cinema. I can't help it. <laughs> that's what I would say. I'm you like, that's I mean? the language of cinema. I guess my question for y'all then is, in a situation like this where we know who the creator is and we know the intention of it is very clear like okay they have shot we're painting up a girl's legs and we're supposed to thinking about we're supposed to be about how horror movies do that or how movies in general do that or there's characters who are like yeah take off the let's see some boobs take off her shirt and then there's one character who like shakes his head like oh i can't believe misogyny like he walks away like oh these immature co-workers of mine when moments like that happen in a movie so like Yes, you're doing the male gaze and you're commenting on it. It do- it feels like the man in your class who like identifies as a feminist and just because he can say the thing does not mean that the the he is a feminist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going back to like what I sent you guys Ty West said about his movie X, it's like the voyeuristic nature of horror is what makes it really hard, I think, to really make these cultural critiques. And I think that's why so many people are like trying to imitate what Get Out did, but just are not able to do it because it takes a lot of work to take a genre that is about, has so much like objectification and violence against women. Well, I think the difference between like Get Out and other horror films and like in the voyeurism aspect is that we're rooting for him. In other horror movies, like, yeah, we're rooting for them, but we're here to see them get killed. Like that's, especially a slasher or like older older horror films. If you can create a character who's so much not an archetype that we like genuinely are rooting for them and sympathize with their position, then the voyeurism is not that of the, it's not evil, you know what I mean? You know the new agent? Oh, yeah, he's Truman. Truman. 
as the same treatment. He's kind of like the moral compass. Is he also supposed to kind of be a reflection of the audience? No, I think he's supposed to. No, I think he's supposed to be the the mirror to the audience, showing us like how fucked up it is to like participate in this kind of voyeurism. Yeah, he's like the social society's like morality being like, this is fucked up. Why do you want this? You know, if horror is like the unconscious desire. But also I feel like the person in the movie who was like the worst out of the entire friend group was the virgin. She was the one who caused everything. And she was like the worst person in the entire movie. But she was also like the only one who was supposed to live based on like horror movies which is interesting because i feel like when we talk about final girls in movies we've talked about it a lot from like the angle of we have kind of like not had the conversation so much about like virginity in the final girl as much as we've had it about like um masculinizing Mm. the final girl um or making her like so separate from uh like sexuality and womanhood that they that they almost make her like an archaic mother almost as a final girl than like the version archetype because they don't necessarily make them weak they make them like so random survival instincts and like um in the 80s particularly like they really loved like the short hair this was the person who wasn't like perceived as attractive um versus in this one it's like a conventionally attractive college girl i think like i wish that they it was more obvious i think that they were shoehorning them into these tropes i don't think it was as obvious as it could have been it was obvious no you just have the pothead who has like one line pointing out like why is he in a varsity jack he doesn't even freaking play like i don't know he has like one line where he goes off but isn't that the most obvious way (laughs) yeah but i felt like they were too much their archetypes at the beginning if that makes sense i wanted like more development more manipulation from where we started i guess in my mind i was like well they picked them for a reason like they say they work with what they got they get like as close as they can get and then and then the the manipulation is to make them like act out on those things in particular ways that would put them in danger. So like going out in the woods to have sex. I just wanted more transitions. Like it, some of it was subtle, like Holden suddenly wearing glasses. I just wanted like more about that. Like I thought ironically, the person who has most of it is the blonde. And that's because they donate so much time to like her being sexualized. Her becoming the whore is like the that most obvious That scene where she makes out with the wolf is so foul to me. It is so foul. Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast and on Twitter at The Mon Femme Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod. Brooms up, which is out.